This is a Blue Orange podcast recording. All Blue Orange podcast recordings are in the public domain. We might copyright later. Maybe. Okay, I'm done. Wait, no, I'm not. This is what the person has to read. Lol. Okay, let's start. Mountain Manor. Written by Grant... Oh, hey, that's me. Read by Grant... Ha. That's me again. Mountain Manor, Chapter 2, Part 1, Time for Amazing. Throughout the night, the storm finally cleared. Various ominous sounds could be heard. But what was most mysterious was when the clock struck twelve. But not twelve a.m. But twelve p.m. According to the grandfather clock at the end of the east wing. It should have been the middle of the day, but it was still pitch black. It wasn't because the sky was clouded. The moon showed through the light. It was that the sky was truly night. Does that mean it was night? Or is night a name for half of a day? Was it day but dark? It was hard to tell. Douglas had paced in his room long enough, looking out his window. He saw that the rain had been replaced by heavy fog, so it looked like the entire manor was above the clouds. He opened the door, just in time to see a figure walking down the hall. The shadow was too far away to tell who it was, but Douglas assumed it had to be another one of the guests invited to the manor. Douglas walked back down the hall. He inspected each door, painting and vase as he went. He saw that there was no trace of the mud he had dragged in on the carpet. Douglas walked down to the end of the hall, where it met back up at the main entrance. When he walked into the entrance, he heard a door close to his right. Douglas's eyes dashed to the only set of doors next to him. The door was still bouncing from when it had closed. He silently snuck to the door. He turned the handle and opened it slowly. Inside was a lounge room. Two couches and a leather chair surrounded a fireplace. It was lit too. Above the fireplace, there was a painting of the manor, a much less terrifying look because it was painted with sunlight. But the most terrifying thing was that there was a man facing the fireplace, back turned to Douglas. He was holding a glass of wine. Next to him was a dark wooden table with a few other glasses and the bottle it presumably poured from. The man was wearing a dark cream-colored suit. His gray hair was gelled back and glinted with the fireplace light. The man took a small sip from the glass of wine. He looked at the glass with disgust, then dumped the rest in the fireplace. Douglas recognized the suit. He glanced back out of the room and looked at the painting that was above the staircase. It was the same suit. Though the man in the picture did not have grey hair, the hairstyle was the same. 
So it must have been a painting of the person, but younger. It was the host. Douglas Salik crept up behind the man, getting ready to pounce and threaten the man to let him go. But with the lowest of chances, the man turned around at the last second, dodging the attack by Douglas. While Douglas was trying to get up, the man grabbed the wine bottle, smashed it on the table, and readied it as a weapon. The wine spilled all over the carpet, dripping from the bottle as if it had already been used to stab someone, and the jagged glass edges were covered in blood. Douglas turned around to see the bottle aimed at his face. The man, who was of the elderly sort, looked at him with a slight frown. Who are you? Who am I? <clears throat> Who am I? Asked Douglas in disbelief. His voice squeaked with fear. I'm one of the people you invited here. Who are you? I am... I... I don't know. I know only my name. Due to a letter addressed to me. Winston Brown. I repeat again. Who are you? The man's voice was slightly hoarse, and yet silky smooth. A British accent surrounded him as though he would have be the perfect person to have read a book. <clears throat> Maybe that's me. I am Douglas Bigelow. Are you not the owner of this manor? Winston lowered the broken glass. I think I might be. He dropped the bottle onto the floor and walked to the fireplace. Glass crunched under his shoes as he went. When I walked down the halls of this mansion, there was a sort of familiarity as though I have been here before. That and the fact that a painting of myself hangs over the entry. When I came in here, I recognized this room, but not the wine sitting there. It's disgusting. Winston gestured to the table with wine. And glass is on it. Enjoying Mountain Manor? Find out what happens next after this quick commercial break. Listeners like you make this book possible. Thank you for listening to that short ad. And now for more Mountain Manor. Douglas stood up. You live here? Highly possible. I feel like I know the place. Do you? Douglas looked back into his mind, then remembered something that had happened while he was in the hedge maze. He had never run into a single dead end. He had seen some on the way, but never fell for the maze's tricks. Had he lived here too? There was a painting of him in his room, or the room given to him by whomever the host was. If you own the place, then how are you not the host? Asked Douglas after a long pause. I don't know, but there is some black magic being used here. I saw you enter a room and all the filth disappeared when you went in. Are you a member of whatever cult is performing a conjuring here? Accused Winston. I don't know. I saw a giant skeleton ghost thing out in the maze. That's where I woke up. You came to the manor instead of the town far off? Where you could have warned what you had seen? Now you are trapped here like the rest of us. Winston rubbed his eyes with one hand. Th there's a town? I saw one in the distance, out of the window where I woke. Several lights, I see no other reason lights should be clumped together like that. And if I was a rich 
person who owns this place, which thinks it I might be, I would say that I would not want to live all on my own. Having a civilization nearby is much easier to do errands in than living in the middle of nowhere. I would have, it would save me a lot of trouble, don't you think? And if I live in a big estate, why would I walk to town? I would have a car somewhere on the premises and a road leading out of the maze and a road to the town. There was a clashing of thunder and lightning. The broken bottle that had been on the ground moved back in time. The various glass shards and the wine also went back in time, putting itself back together and placing itself onto the table again. The mess was gone and the bottle was fixed. Winston had noticed it had and commented. Interesting. We should probably find the others so we can make our escape. Others? Did you not get a letter? In mine, it said there were others. In mine, it said that too. It also said the instructions for the game were... Oh, shoot! What? The instructions for the game! It said in my letter that there was a game the host had planned, and the instructions were in my room. Should we split up? I can grab the instructions, and you could look for the others. No! Have you ever witnessed a horror story of any kind? The characters split up, then they die one at a time. I will go with you to your room and find these rules of the game. Then we can both go looking for everyone. I wonder how many there are. Good idea. Let's go. They both walked out of the lounge room, closing the door quietly. They had no idea uh, that th there was someone watching them. Someone watching them very closely.